Welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with the indicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue will be released on the heels of the union budget uh, when Mr. Arun Jaitley our finance minister makes a speech on February 29th. Uh, this is the pre-budget special and uh, Forbes India has done many things in this uh, invited essays from eminent business folk among others uh, to seek their take on where the new government could and should focus on joining me on the call is uh, Forbes India's deputy executive editor N Madhavan hi Madhavan nice to have you back hi Abhishek uh, Madhavan, this is a cover story that we do every year, just before the budget, and this time uh, it has a few more elements than before. So, very briefly, what's the cover package about? We have a lead story which talks about uh, the various uh, challenges that the finance minister faces as he uh, sits down to prepare his third budget. We also have the CEO dialogue, which Forbes India has been, you know, organizing over the last uh, couple of years. And this time the focus is on what the finance minister should be doing. And we have a very strong panel that sort of delves into the various things that the finance minister should do to accelerate India's economic growth. Like last year, we, we have also done pre-budget CEO poll. This is the Forbes India BMR Advisors pre-budget CEO poll that basically takes stock of the state of the Indian economy, the performance of the government so far, and more importantly, what the CEOs really expect from the budget. And uh, apart from that, we also have columns by invitation. Finally, we also have interviews, and we have two sets of interviews here. One is by the Commerce Minister Nirmala Sitaraman, who talks about the government's perspective on what uh, the government has done and what she expects from the budget and so on. And we have also reached out to the opposition voice and we have got Anand Sharma, who is the former Commerce Minister, and he talks about what you know the government should have done, what more it should do and all that. So let's let's start with the CEO poll or dialogue. When we did this uh, New Year podcast, uh, New Year special with uh, Saurav Mazumdar, the editor, he spoke of Acheshdin, uh, not Achedin, but Acheshdin that the Modi government has brought about in the few uh, last few years. Still a long way to go. So what are the experts saying when you probed them during that discussion and various interviews? The, the general impression is that uh, you know this is a very critical budget for. Uh, the uh, government to really establish its pro-growth credential. In fact, this comes out in almost in everything that we did. In our CEO poll, you know, the Forbes India BMR Advisors poll, almost 96% of the CEOs who responded said that this budget is very important for this government's pro-growth credentials. So the general feeling out there is that, the, look, this government has made a lot of major announcements. And they are all fine. But I think when it comes to on the ground action, I think this government has not walked the talk. In fact, in the CEO dialogues, one of the common things that came out was it's time we get our execution right. And isn't there a sense of deja vu, Madhuvan? Because things like GST, bankruptcy laws, labor laws, land acquisition bills, these are themes which have a refrain to them. Uh, they keep getting repeated over and over again. Various reasons are put forth, whether it's uh, a minority in the in the Rajya Sabha, etc. 
your team members have also in, interviewed uh, Nirmala Sitharaman. What is the response from the government as to how do they perceive their performance thus far? Yeah, her, her stand is very clear that despite all the number challenges they face in the parliament, especially in the Rajya Sabha, she claims that the government has had the political will to bring about large-scale reforms. She says there are a lot of many efforts that has happened, which no other government in the country's history has, you know, has attempted. That is a predictable government take. But this, in the CEO dialogue, we had a very strong panel in the CEO dialogue. You know, the panelists included Adi Godrej, Ajay Piramil, Rashesh Shah, Ronnie Skruwala, you know, Ridham Desai. While acknowledging the challenges the government faced, including the external environment turning little adverse, uh, the general impression was that, you know, the government should make use of this budget to send out a clear signal in the context that, in the context of uh, pushing the growth to the next level. So what are some of the major highlights that uh, they want the government to focus on? The key areas, if you look at, was one is clearly uh, they wanted government to push public investment to a much higher level so that it will kickstart the private investment cycle. And some of them are very clear, even if it means that the fiscal consolidation is further delayed, they wanted the finance minister to really give a big push on infrastructure investment using public you know, money. The second was the tax reform itself. So there was a lot of talk about tax reforms and the government will you know, need to work closely with the opposition to get the GST bill going. And the third was, of course, as I said before, on execution. These are the three. And the fourth element which is now capturing the attention of everybody is, is the bad debt problems in the banks. Some of the panelists were very vocal against it and they wanted the government to really take the bad debts problem head on. And very briefly, could you take us through a few columns and uh, what, what is the view there? You have a few names like Mr. Arun Myra, there is Mr. Vijay Govind Rajan of Dartmouth uh, College and a few others. The columns really looked at, you know, what the government should do. You know, in fact, like the column by Vijay Shekhar Sharma, the founder of PTM, gives seven clear steps that the government should do. Predictably, he focused on e-economy space. Like Ajit Ranade, who is the chief economist at Aditya Birla Group, talks of game-changing steps, not incremental steps. Professor Vijay Gomindarajan again wants the resource allocation and execution done properly. Each of the columnists, if you look at, including uh, Shika Sharma or uh, Mr. Mukesh Bhutani of BMR Advisors, they really wanted the government and the finance minister to come out with a budget which will take India to the next level of growth. Right. And uh, in the end, you've written a broad overview of the various uh, dilemmas facing the new government. Could you summarize that? Yeah, this, this budget actually happens to be the 25th anniversary budget after, uh, you know, Manmohan Singh stood up to present what is now called the historic budget in 1991. Today it is 25 years and the challenges that he faced then was that the economy was in a very bad shape. India was almost defaulting on its debt obligations. A lot rested on his shoulders to pull India out of the quagmire that it was in. 25 years on, India has grown well. It is today a huge economy. It is the fastest growing economy in the world. Its forex position is good. Inflation is under control. But 
such a good macroeconomic parameters that Mr. Jetley has has not made his job of preparing a budget any easier. Now today, the only challenge that he faces is how to unleash the animal spirits in the economy and make India grow faster than what it is growing. But should he invest heavily in public investment on the hope that the private sector investment cycle will get kick-started? Should he do that at the cost of fiscal consolidation? If he does that, will the private sector investment kick in? Or having blown the fiscal consolidation by a large margin, would he face major challenges from you know, the rating agencies, including a possible downgrade in India's sovereign rating? Then there are other challenges like, should he, how does he boost consumption? Should he give a lot of money, leave a lot of money in the hands of the people? Anyway, there is the seventh pay commission outflow. There is, this, uh, you know, one rank, one pension outflow. Should he put a lot of money in the hands of the people and ask them to spend? If he is going to push people into spending, what will happen to the savings rate? He needs people to save a lot so that he can then fund infrastructure. Similarly, should he recap the banks so that they can overcome their bad debts problem and keep lending? Or should he first sort out the bad debts problem before recap, recapitalizing the banks? These are some of the many uh, dilemmas that the finance minister faces as he sits down to prepare the budget. And uh, uh, we will know on 29th what exactly he would have chosen among these challenges. Right. And you've also taken the opinion of uh, Mr. Anand Sharma, the former Union Minister for Commerce and Industry. Predictably, uh, because he's in the opposition, he will have certain things to say about the government. But what are a couple of key takeaways from, from that interview? How does he perceive the opportunity that India has and how is it bagging it? Mr. Anand Sharma has been very vocal about the performance of the government. He says that this government has no new ideas. Whatever it has started, whether it is Make in India or Startup India or Skill India, he says it is a continuation of a policy that was launched by the UPA government. Deeply disappointing, I think. These were the words that he used in the first few lines itself. Exactly. That's what he said. And also he, he gave full marks to the government for what he calls event management and propaganda. It was a virulent attack on the performance of the government. That's what you expect from an opposition leader. I think the inability of the government to really take the opposition along and pass some of the uh, critical bills also shows up in the interview. Yes, I think on, on that note, Madhavan, it's time to wrap up. Thank you very much uh, for your time. Uh, bye-bye. And all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as on iTunes. And to have someone call you for a subscription, message Forbes to 51818.